Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Trying to go soft. Have you already done we I've got that loving feeling? <laughs> Should we do the whole do you, from Top Gun? Who's <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Goose. I'm sorry, Goose. She's lost that loving feeling. No, no, she hasn't. Yeah, she has. No, she hasn't. Yeah, she has. I hate it when she does that. Excuse me, miss. You never close your Rise. eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. There's no tenderness like before in your fingertips. You're trying hard not to show it, baby. But baby, believe me, I know it. You've lost that love and feeling. Dum, 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 Whoa, dum, that dum, love and dum, feeling. Dum, 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 You've lost that dum, love and feeling. Dum, now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, let's stop. All right, that's enough of that. Wow, wow. that was a long one. You, again, I your encyclopedic knowledge of lyrics always astounds me. That was um, a combination of knowing lyrics, but also Top Gun. I think I've talked about before how my brother actually still to this day has mannerisms of Tom Cruise because we watched that movie so much. Great movie. Great movie. They always talked about doing a second one. Yeah, I don't know, man. Now that Ridley Scott has passed away, I feel like you, you can't. Uh, uh, sorry, not Tony Scott. Tony Scott. Tony Scott. Ridley Scott. Scott, 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 Scott. Yeah. Um, They're brothers. Yeah. Um, yeah, but <laughs> it's Hollywood. They don't care, man. Yeah, that's true. If there's hey, money there... They usually if you it. can get Tom Cruise back as the grizzled old, like, now he's in charge, but at the, you know, he gets into a plane at some point and has to be Maverick all over again. You got to get Val Kilmer back, right? Oh my gosh. Val Kilmer looks so different. <laughs> he's, well, he's basically twice as big as he yeah. used to be. Yeah. He, he, he didn't grow this way. He just went <laughs> outwards. Oh, whatever. That could be incorporated into the story. Oh, they, they. Tom Cruise you, is still ripped though. You know, they'll make an inside joke about it. Yeah. Looking like, wow, what's happened to you? Like, oh, well, I don't know what's happened to you. <laughs> and uh, it writes itself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, play us, please. Anyway, how's it going, everybody? You are listening to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. This is episode 124. We quick, missed... We quick switch it on the I computer. Know. We didn't say one, two, three for the last episode. Bummer. Well, opportunity missed. Yeah, we will literally never get a chance to again. <laughs> uh, but this is our Conspiracy 2 Take the Throne set review. Dose. Conspiracy 2. You've played it now, finally. Yes, I have a few times. I'm a little bit sad that I haven't played it more. But Kaladesh is coming. It's right around the corner. Hopefully, we can do some like mashup drafts with both. Oh yeah, yeah. Kaladesh and Conspiracy Two sounds amazing already. I think what'll happen is a little bit later this year when Kaladesh has been out for a few weeks and it's getting a little bit stale. Then everybody will go, will go. You know, we didn't draft a lot of Conspiracy Two. Let's let's fit that in now. I'm hoping that will happen because yeah. we really have not touched the set as much as I wanted. Again. We need to do the set review for posterity because we've reviewed every set. So if we just don't review this one, that'd be weird. So here we go. That would be weird. But before we get into it, we're going to give a brief shout out to our sponsor of the show. It is CardKingdom.com. CardKingdom.com. Right now they're hosting a competition. You can win every single invention, masterpiece invention. We saw these in the last episode. Some of the coolest artifacts ever printed. A ton. Sweet. A ton for commander players. And you can win every single one of them. All you have to do is go and find out the instructions. You can set 
send in a self-addressed envelope, or if you pre-really if you pre-ordered a box of Kaladesh on the website, even before they announce the competition, they're counting every single pre-order. You will be entered to win. Yeah. So if you're watching this right now, you can st you still have time to do it. Um, go to the website. There is a cutoff date, but if as long as you're watching this in the first couple of days, you'll have time. If you self-addressed stamp envelope or order a box of Kaladesh through Card Kingdom. You're entered to win 30 inventions. What is that worth? It's, I mean, I'm going to ballpark figure it out and just say a grand? lot. Yeah, a couple grand, definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because some of them are, for instance, Mana Vault has never been printed in foil, and that is an incredible card for Commander, a great card. Um, but when you go to cardkingdom.com, make sure you go to our affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. It will let them know that you're on the site from us, and it'll be able to track what you get. And all that stuff, it provides valuable information for our sponsors so that they can continue the sponsorship with us in the future because it shows them, hey, it's working, as opposed to not working. So make sure you use that link, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. All right, on to the set review. We're a little late. So we're yeah, sorry. We already, so yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, as usual, we're not going to talk about every single card, just the ones we think are sort of going to affect EDH or you know, we want to highlight because they do something interesting and we maybe haven't necessarily cracked it ourselves, but we think it's crackable. Yeah, and fortunately, because we've been able to play the set now, usually we do the set review before, we've actually gotten on-hand experience with Monarch, some of the new cards, so we'll have a bit more um, sort of knowledge. knowledge. <laughs> In theory. In theory, to talk about the cards and mechanics. So uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about the new mechanics of Conspiracy 2. The first one and the most notable is Monarch. So this exists in the game only when it's created by a card or ability, and Monarch is a token, and it says, it's or it's an emblem. It says, at the beginning of your end step, draw a card. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, its controller becomes the Monarch. So to take the Monarchy from someone, you have to successfully damage them with a creature, and then you get the Monarchy card. At the end of your turn, you draw a card. Yeah, super, super interesting. I really like this design. Um, again, Monarch is something that doesn't exist in the game until a card makes somebody the monarch and then from that point forward the monarchy's on the table and it's going to be there the rest of the game trading hands yeah which is really cool this is essentially card draw in red and white uh because it's an ability that both red and white creatures and cards have in the set so it's a way to say like hey i would like to draw more cards i'm on a red i'm going to have a card in my deck that says you become the monarch yeah we're, we're always talking about how red white particularly is hard up for card draw especially white um and what's nice is that both those colors generally want to be attacking with creatures. Like, that's a strategy that those color combinations often employ. And so Monarchy really fits into a situation where they can take a little bit more advantage of it than the other players at the table who might be playing Nekusar, or might be playing some kind of weird control build, or might be like, Rune is flickering into the battlefield effects. They're not necessarily attacking all the time right. and dealing combat damage, so they're not taking the Monarchy. So, you know, if you're the white deck or the red-white deck, you might have a chance to hold on to it and sort of attain parity as far as card draw or at least get closer to it because you're yeah. drawing at least one extra card per turn and those other decks like the rune deck they probably have ways of drawing cards yeah they're not <laughs> as worried about it and it's only one i think in, in commander it's 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 pretty interesting i also like what it does to the game which is we talked about this in the episode with glenn jones but i compared it to the blinds in poker which are just they're there to drive action to make mm -hmm. sure that stuff happens because there is a tendency in multiplayer magic for nobody to do anything because a lot of times it's not advantageous. There's nothing to grab. Yeah. So what happens is if I can't just KO somebody outright, then just doing five damage to them, which leaves me a little bit open, is maybe not the best move because I didn't actually do anything if I just hit them for five damage. 
you know, they're, they're not dead. They can still hit me back. I just made an enemy. And so it's not, this is just a problem multiplayer magic has is there's not like, there's no stakes. And yeah. so this kind of gives some stakes, gives something to grab and it causes action, which I think is really good. I like it. Goad is a new mechanic as well. Goad. It's just a weird, it's toad with a G. It, uh, when you look at the word, it looks really strange. Go ad. Uh, hashtag go ad. Uh, goad target creature. So this is an ability that says until your next turn, that creature attacks each combat if able and attacks a player other than you if able. So it's interesting. It, it like you, you know, it's, you're poking it with a stick, but then when it looks at who's poking it, it can't see, it just is blind to the person actually poking it. It's like sort of a, like, the those bulls before they go out and they try to buck the person off it's like this how dare you and yeah. so that creature has to attack each combat if able usually that was that good means, radio usually that just means yeah and everyone's like what happened i um, tapped him on the other shoulder that the one that i was standing on you know never mind the classic it. trick yeah the classic if trick. you don't he know totally fell for it ha 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 yeah, I'm going to review the tape later and <laughs> prove that it was you. Um, this, again, forces action like Monarch does. Uh, I think it's a little more interesting, and we'll talk about Monarch and Goad uh, a little more in depth probably as we talk about some of the cards, but it's cool. You could send a big, scary creature at someone, uh, and if they don't have a way to tap it down, so obviously don't do this to a mana dork. True, because they can tap it in response and be like, well, I can't attack now. Yeah, or tap it just before combat on their yeah. turn. Um, but yeah, I like Goad a lot as well. Yeah, it's we, again, we talked about this with Glenn Jones, but it also... Doesn't always, you'd think it would fall under the category of like, well, if I goad his creature, he's mad at me for goading it. Mm -hmm. And the person he attacks is mad at me for goading it. But if it's four players or more, then if I goad Jimmy's creature, he has a choice between Megan and Maria to attack. He's still making a choice. So either of them can still be mad at him yeah. for the choice that he makes. Yeah, usually by that point, you pass the turn. You can go the creature that's like three turns away. By the time they're swinging, people forget why yeah. it was your fault, really, to goad them on in the beginning. Uh, the next one is Melee. And this is whenever this creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each opponent you attacked with a creature this combat. So it's automatically plus one, plus one when it attacks because you're attacking one opponent. Now, if you swing that creature at one guy and the other creature at Megan, uh, then it gets plus two, plus two. If you swing a third one at Maria, you get plus three, plus three, etc. cetera. Uh, not a very huge uh, mechanic for Commander. There is a legendary creature that, that has melee on it and gives melee to your other creatures, so... It could be a thing that we see. I don't think that that, that that deck is particularly amazing, so you might not see it a lot, but it is a thing to be aware of. Yep, and the last uh, real mechanic is the Council's Dilemma, which is a new take on the voting mechanic in the original Conspiracy. The original Conspiracy had cards that said, uh, when the center is the battlefield, each player votes for X or Y. Whichever gets more votes, this happens for X and this happens for Y. They decided to change that up a little bit in Conspiracy 2. I like where they took it. Now, every single vote, something will happen just a number of times as the person voted X or for Y. So if, someone, if there are three votes right. for X and one vote for Y, then X will happen three times and Y will happen once. Yeah, you sort of imagine like two columns, yeah. and those are the two choices, and then you add up the votes in each column, and that's how many times each thing happens. Which is kind of cool. I like that more. That means every vote matters. It makes it so those cards are more playable in Commander for sure because mm -hmm. we didn't see a lot of the old mechanic, which I think was Will of the Council, because well. it was too hard to count on the effect. And so... You'd be like, well, if I play this card, sometimes it'll do this and sometimes it'll do that. And I have no idea when I put in my deck which one it'll do. Now you have some idea because it's like, well, I'll vote for this. So I know I'll get at least one extra turn or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, the last thing we should mention are there are some cards in, in uh, Conspiracy 2 that 
are really cool and really interesting, but they're just not legal in Commander, and they're not really legal in any formats. And these but are they the, do exist in the Command Zone, notably. They do. They'll mention the Command Zone and things, which will make you think, oh, maybe they're using Commander. They're not. So one is the Conspiracies. So these are the cards that start in the Command Zone, and they say things like, um, at the beginning of your... Or name a card at the beginning of the game, and then if that card at the attack phase you can pay a green man and give it plus one plus one anything like that that's wanting you to name cards or before the game begins that you draft pick one two or three it's it yeah it, it's often referring to the actual draft mm -hmm. and then that's the other category of cards right the draft matters cards so there's cards that say when you draft this card draft it face up and then note the card you draft after it well those cards are not playable really in commander either so yeah because we didn't draft our cards for our commander decks so those cards can be disregarded they're mostly for the fun times had while drafting however you can draft cards to use in co conspiracy to use in a commander deck later that was a really long-winded way of making an awful <laughs> Segway joke. man tried to show up, but he crashed into a wall. Yeah, poor Segway man. <laughs> he should stop riding that Segway everywhere. All Seriously, right. he should walk. <laughs> Let's start our card reviews. Let's start off with the legendary creatures of the set. These are, uh, I think, the most exciting part of the set for me. So the first one up, we have Selvala, Heart of the Wilds. If you guys don't remember, Selvala is a returning character. It used to be green-white in the original Conspiracy. And uh, she is the heart of the wild. She has a big dire wolf with her. One green green for a 2-3 legendary creature, Elf Scout. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield, its controller may draw a card if its power is greater than each other creature's power. Interesting. So that's, that's a universal yeah, effect. Yeah, that affects everybody. And uh, you can also pay a green and tap Selvala. Add X mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. That is incredibly powerful. Yeah, this card is incredible i think um it's incredible because it affects the entire board but if you're the main creature based deck then you're gonna have a blast well and you are probably gonna build your deck that way because you've got a commander that adds a ton of mana yeah and it adds more mana the bigger your creatures get you could very easily be casting like on turn five be casting like eight nine drops because mm -hmm. and it's interesting to me because Usually these effects say things like spend that mana only to cast creatures. Right. Not this one. Spend that mana on whatever you feel like. <laughs> uh, seems very strong. I wish she was still two color just because mono color makes it, you know, she's, but she's green, so. She's a really good mana dork, though, uh, just to turn after she gets out. Because at the very least, she's adding two mana if it's just Selvala on the battlefield. But, I mean, oftentimes you can drop this, have a haste enabler or whatever, and then go nuts with it. Um, yeah, I, I wish she was white as well, because you could play cards like Cathar's Crusade, which guarantees that you're always going to have a creature that's bigger, pretty much, every time you right. play a creature. It's like, it's, this one's huge, this one's huge, and it's going to keep going up. So you're, you're right, though, because if you play her on turn three, she, she counts herself. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty good. I mean, there's not a lot of three-drop creatures that tap for two mana. The other thing is X-Man in any combination of colors. So if you're playing a five-color deck, this card seems well, really cool. Yeah, but she can't be your commander then. No. Well, that's what I'm saying. You play her in turn three. Turn four, you just play a four-drop creature that's huge, and then you are able to add another X mana that's equal to that creature's power. So you can like, you can really add a lot. Yeah, of there's probably her. a lot of decks where Selvala can, wants to go inside the deck. She's also an elf, mm -hmm. so she can go in elf decks. Um, yeah, I think this card is good, and I think it's possible she's a decent like lead singer of, of her own deck, but I think she's good inside of quite a few decks. I would like to see a deck that, that uses uh, her powers to the max. So if you guys have built a deck for Saval, let us know. All right, the next legendary creature is Grenzo Havoc Razor. Cry Havoc! He's back. He's a two red mana for a 2-2 two -two 
Goblin Rogue. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, choose one. Option one, go target creature that player controls. Option two, exile the top card of that player's library. Until end of turn, you may cast that card and you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast it. So, Goad we talked about earlier, pokes one of their, does this thing, pokes, yeah. pokes them on the shoulder and they go attack somebody else. You either do that or you sort of play a card off the top of their deck. Yeah, uh, and notably, this is whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player. It doesn't save for the first time each turn. So if you yeah. have 10 one, one swing and all 10 of them hit, you get to go up to 10 creatures or you get to exile up to 10 cards of that player's library. So, I don't know, red, mono red goblin mill. <laughs> that's really interesting just for the mill aspect yeah it does say cast so you cannot play lands like you could with like outpost right. siege and some of the other effects that are similar to this um it's that impulsive draw that we talk about but it's off your opponent's deck this just seems really fun i think this deck might be okay because it so has too. card draw on it i mean the cards coming from your opponent's deck but that's still cards you're getting to play yeah it's a it's a very interesting card i hope I, I, I've remade my mono red deck like six times now. And yeah, you might Gren as well do it again. Yeah, it looks like Grenzo's the captain. We're back to Gobbo Town. <laughs> All right, next up, it's a reprint. A Kami of the Crescent Moon. Instead of red red like Grenzo, this is blue blue. For a 1-3 legendary creature spirit, a fat, sad, sad? Is he sad? He, well, he's, got, yeah. he's either crying, but it's crying upwards. <laughs> or he's made of water. I have no idea. It must be like or one of those. Or could be a she. Yeah, I, I really it, don't know. It could be like one of those like causal-like things that hang around his head all the time. I don't know. I'm sure um, people will tell us in the comments. He basically says, uh, or she, at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws an additional card. So, so Kami is a Howling Mine. Yeah. And hasn't been reprinted since uh, Champions, Saviors of Kamigawa. Was she in one of the Master sets? Uh, nope. Only two. Oh, yeah. So, so it's a reprint of a card that's only been seen uh, seen print once. It's it's fun. It's interesting. If you're playing, you put it in your Necrozar deck. Yeah. It's not really a deck on its own. Yep. Because there's oh. no reason that blue needs to be making everybody draw cards. They could draw cards only for themselves. Yeah. Plenty. Uh, Why would they give that much knowledge up to other players? <laughs> the next one is Queen Marchesa. Woohoo! Or Marquesa. Marquesa. Um. Okay, she is. Black, white, red, and one. So four mana total for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature, human assassin. She has death, touch, and haste. So four mana, 3-3, three, three, death, death, touch, haste, dece. When Queen Marchesa enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Hey. So you're, she draws you a card because you're definitely going to be the monarch still at the end of your turn because no one can attack you between now and then. Mm -hmm. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent is the monarch... Put a 1-1 black assassin creature token with death touch and haste onto the battlefield. So as long as somebody else is the monarch during your upkeep, you get a 1-1 with death touch. Yeah. And haste. And haste. So you can immediately, the idea being, it's your spy. You get to swing in at someone else that is the monarch and just take the monarchy back that turn. Yeah, because they're like, well, I don't want to just lose whatever I've got for your free 1-1 Yeah, I'll death take toucher. one damage. I've already drawn my card off monarch. It yeah. almost, I, I'd be surprised if they all would happily block this unless they're I mean, like a, a token, token deck. deck is just like... Yep, fine. Have a squirrel. Yeah. Um, this Queen Marchesa is the exact same casting cost as Kalia of the Vast. However, she is not nearly as powerful as the original Marchesa. Or Kalia. Or Kalia, for that matter. <laughs> but this is a Mardu card, so Mardu decks, I think, would have an interest in running her if they're looking for card draw, but they have but black. But they have black, so I don't feel they're too worried about card draw. This yeah. card, listen, like we always say, you can build any any legendary into a deck and you know you can show off your individuality and whatnot but i would not say that this is like a top tier type of power level deck certainly not uh but it is but, a fun ability and i like the fact that you're making low tokens so you could someone uh who 
I think some people want to build like Stacks deck with this. I know Dan Black wanted to do something along that lines. Or like uh, a mass sacrificed edict deck. Uh, you know? Yeah, because yeah, you're stuff. getting free, free tokens to sacrifice, maybe, if somebody takes the yeah. monarchy from you. Uh, this next guy is a top-tier power level deck. Yep, his name is Leovold, Emissary of Trest. He costs Sultai, so he's black, green, and blue. Three mana for a 3-3 legendary creature, Elf Advisor. Each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. So he is massive. I don't even know if he's a hate bear. He's a, he's a hate advisor. He is... Uh, this card... There's a lot of things, I think, that are troubling about it. One is, why is the casting cost so low? I believe it was originally designed with Tiny Leaders in mind. This is back when Tiny Leaders became yeah, very popular. And they're like, ago. hey, well, well, hey, we, we can make a three-mana legendary for Little those guys. Know, no Sultai one plays Tiny Leaders. Yeah, but Sultai didn't have something, I believe, as well. So they're like, here's something. I mean, then why is he a 3-3? Three, three? Like, you got to still cost... Uh, this card seems insane to me. The part where a permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or an ability an opponent controls and you draw a card, that's good. It's fine. It's not the worst thing ever, because if they get rid of Leovold with the first removal spell, then you draw one card, but then they can just target stuff. The real kicker here, and it's a little innocuous, but once you start playing against this deck, you understand, where it says each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Yeah. There's a lot of cards like Windfall. These are basically Wheel of Fortune cards. Uh, Red has a lot, but Blue also has a lot, which basically mean you discard your hand or put it on the bottom of your library or exile it or whatever but you get rid of your current hand and then you draw the amount of cards that you had and usually these these cards these spells affect the entire table so everyone gets their hand back or gets the same amount of cards they discarded right so it's 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 a um what do they call those effects that uh, that affect everybody the same symmetrical symmetrical yeah yeah it's a symmetrical effect there's a lot of cards that do it oh that's a good one too um so what Leovold does is make those cards that everybody just discards their hand and draws one card. Yeah. But not you. So now you've got seven cards, let's say, and they've all got one. And now you can sort of just chain those together. And then, yeah, talk about this card with it. There's Teveri's Puzzle yeah, Blocks. One of my favorite cards. But. Yeah. At the beginning of each player's draw step, they put the cards in their hand on the bottom of their library in any order than draw that many cards. So you only draw one card. You discard your whole hand, essentially, and draw one and card. And this happens every turn. Yeah, so Leovold just doesn't, you know, hopefully won't care about this sort of stuff, but where, where you get seven cards or however many, everyone else is getting one. Kami of Crescent Moon that we just talked about, you only get one card off of this. Um, Font Mythos, Howling Mine, all this stuff that yeah. makes everybody draw cards. No, only you draw the It's kind cards. of rude. I'll just say that much. <laughs> uh, it, it might automatically be not quite, but on that top-tier level where Narset, Mizix, yeah. Perforos... Um, Animar sit like in, in that pantheon yeah. of the very very powerful commanders. Um, I don't know if Leovold's it's probably not quite as good as the Narset Mizix that kind of stuff, but it's 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 up there. It feels like you can get Leovold out as early as turn uh, two, and on turn three you can essentially let's say everyone has five cards on the lower end in their hand. If you have four players at the table and you do something like Tavares Puzzle Box or a Windfall Effect. Everyone's losing 15 cards total and getting three back, whereas you get five. So you just got a 12 for one, essentially. Uh, well, so and you're in such a commanding position in the game now because you actually have more cards than the rest of the table combined yeah. twice over. If there's four other people, they've got three cards total. You've got seven. Yeah, it's pretty so good. So you can literally like maybe just keep everybody down. What if they drew a land? They might do nothing. 
Especially and, with something like Tavares Puzzle Box, where they lose that card to meet. They, it has to be instant speed now. So when all these cards we're talking about, so Teferi's Windfall, those type of cards, you can play them on turn four after you played Leovold on turn three. So turn four, you're basically making everybody go down to one random card. Yeah, it's, that's uh, brutal. It's really brutal. I don't want to see this played against me. I will do everything I can to make sure someone removes it immediately because if it comes back to that player and they can untap or even have enough man to do it in the same turn. Oof, real rough. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's a powerful, powerful card. Very powerful card. All right. All right um, our final legendary creature. Want to go for it? Is it me? Sure. Yeah. Uh, this is the melee legendary commander we were talking about earlier. It's Adriana, Captain of the Guard. She costs three and Boros, so five mana total, three a white and a red. For a 4-4 four, four legendary creature, Human Knight, she has melee, which again is whenever this creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each opponent you attacked with a creature this combat. And she also says other creatures you control have melee. So all your creatures get plus one, plus one for how many opponents you attacked each combat. So she creates this weird sort of like overrun every turn yeah. type of deal. Not overrun because it's not trampled, but you know what I mean. It pumps your whole team every turn. And if those creatures already have melee, this stacks. So you can have Good two point. instances of melee. If you have two instances of melee, if you attack one person, it gets plus two, plus two. And if you attack two, it gets plus four, plus four. Yeah. Yeah, this obviously wants you to be going wide in a token deck. It also wants you to be attacking multiple players. Um Token deck, good. Attacking multiple players, like, I don't really like cards that force me to do that because if I don't just kill the two players, now I've made two enemies. Yeah. And it, you know, it, re it really wants you to attack three players. So, anyway, I think this deck could be fine. I don't think it's probably a top-tier deck. No. Nope. Yeah. In terms of Boros Commanders, it's certainly not up there. I mean, we have Depala now uh, from Kaladesh that we talked about last week. Adriana is... Uh, if you have a deck that wants to do this, then Adriana is your girl. She's awesome for yeah. attacking a lot of people otherwise uh it's going it may get to a point someday and we may be getting closer where there's enough card draw that a boros commander like this could be okay because the mm -hmm. traditional problem is that you're going wide and you're playing creatures and stuff but you're not playing ramp because there's not much but you'll have some artifact stuff but in general you're just not drawing very many cards yeah. so you get this one big like here i built up i built up i'm ready to go somebody goes board wipe and now you just can't win because you got two cards and you draw one card then the next guy is playing blue, and he draws seven cards, and this guy plays <laughs> Consecrated Sphinx, and this guy, you know what I mean? And then someone drops Leofold. And you're just doing so little, it's hard to recover from that one time. So you usually get, like, this one chance, and then, you know, somebody Cyclonic Rifts, and you're just like, oh. And, you know, every deck has Cyclonic Rifts, so. You only get one chance. You only get one shot. Do not miss you. Sorry. All right. Okay, now that we have finished our legendary creatures, let's talk about Planeswalkers. We've already talked about this first one in depth with Glenn Jones. It's Kaya, Ghost Assassin, two, a black, and a white for a five loyalty Planeswalker, Kaya. Uh, she has three abilities. Her first ability is zero. Exile Kaya, Ghost Assassin, or up to one target creature. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. At the beginning of your next upkeep, you lose two life. Her minus one, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. And her minus two, each opponent discards a card and you draw a card. So she's very powerful, as we've said, and she has this awesome zero ability where she disappears or makes another creature disappear until the beginning of that, uh, its owner's control, at the beginning of your next upkeep. So you can kind of just choose, you can play Kaya on turn four, and if you have no targets, you don't want to make anyone with discard a card, you can make her disappear and come back. And well, especially and come in back. the situations where you don't have a blocker or somebody has, you know, a flyer and you don't have a flyer, and normally you couldn't play a Planeswalker, you can just play her, blink her out into your next turn, and yeah. then maybe 
you're like on turn five, I can play a blocker and then I don't have to blinker. Or you can even do that a few times until you're set up to take advantage of the other things she does, yeah. like drain people or draw cards. And every time she comes back, she comes back at five loyalty as well. So pretty powerful. Yep. Um, yeah, we've talked about her a lot. I would really like to see her uh, get played in our play group at some point. We'll I think see. she's good. I don't think she's amazing. I think she can definitely see play. You know, yeah. she doesn't have an ult, a scary ultimate, which is like so. Would you even put her in a super friends deck? Because it's not like you normally want to get the setup where it's well five doubling season and maybe mm-hmm. you know oath of Gideon. Then I play this and ultimate and something huge happens. Like that doesn't always happen, but I want that chance, right? Otherwise, yeah. why am I putting this planeswalker in? So um, the next planeswalker, actually the last planeswalker, is Duretti, ingenious iconoclast. He's a three-loyalty Planeswalker for one black-red Planeswalker Duretti. Plus one. Put a 1-1 colorless construct artifact creature token with Defender. Sorry, create. I said put. Create's the new word. I'm just not used to it. Mm -hmm. You make a 1-1 artifact with Defender. Negative one. You may sacrifice an artifact. If you do, destroy target artifact or creature. Negative six. Choose target artifact card in a graveyard or artifact on the battlefield Create three tokens that are copies of it. Whoa, that's kind of cool. That's cool. There's going to be a Guild of Lotus on the battlefield. Get yeah. three. So if you just want a million mana, which yeah. usually you do want a million mana. I mean, that's, I'm immediately thinking, well, he gets to minus six if you doubling sees him and him and him and him and him and him and him out. But um, this card is okay. Uh, I think the, the minus six is the most attractive part of it, obviously. Um, you, the fact that you can blow up an artifact for an artifact is kind of cool in any decks that want to get their artifacts into the graveyard you can get some extra value out of that instead of just sacking it to but something. you have to have one to do it yeah and when you play them on turn three what are you going to have a signet or soul ring like you're not going to have a lot so you're going to sort of be forced into plus wanting him to make an artifact so then, then maybe the next turn at least you he can makes negative a negative one sacrifice that artifact but yeah. then if you sacrifice the artifact that's the blocker I don't know seems mm, not great to me it seems okay yeah, it seems okay. I, I think, again, he needs to just be in an artifact-based deck to really use it. Um, is there a black-red artifact de- Or, sorry, red, of course, but black? I don't know. Uh, well, I know Kessler's Malfagor deck yeah. likes to have artifacts Artifact. in it. I so. mean, most EDH decks do have artifacts, but you need a lot because mm-hmm. you need a good chance to be able to copy something awesome three times or have artifacts out that you can sacrifice to blow up artifacts or creatures i don't know yeah. i'm not i'm just eh, it's fine as with these cards it's always good to just look at them and be like this may be very very good in the future but right now it does not immediately seem apparent uh this card is very good in legacy yeah and it's the first time it's been reprinted since the ridiculous set called urza saga so it is show and tell two in the blue for a sorcery each player may put an artifact creature enchantment or land card from his or her hand onto the battlefield the original art was like a science fair yeah, the original uh, the art Academy. is like a joke. The new art is way cooler. Yeah, the new art's super cool. Um, at the Academy, show and tell too often becomes run and hide. Yes, because a show and tell usually sneaks out Emrakul and Legacy. Um, in this case... It's, or Grizzle. Yeah, or Grizzle brand. In this case, both those cards are banned, so it can be anything, right? It's interesting. Um, I think this card is very hard to play in EDH in general because there's a very good chance that someone's going to have something that's scarier than what you're trying to put out. Yeah, in Legacy, what you're doing is you're playing mostly against decks that don't have big, scary stuff. So when you do this, they get a Delver out, and you get an Emrakul. Mm-hmm. The problem is, in our format, you're like, ah, I can put my Ulamog out, and somebody's like, I put my Blightsteel out. And yeah. Who won that stage? I don't really know. And it can be enchantment, too. So if someone drops, like, a Mirari's Wake, yep. and, and you're stuck with something that's good, but not like, oh, my mana is doubled now. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think in general you could still play it in some decks that are playing like a lot of really big stuff. So like Joira maybe. Mm-hmm. That's just like you know that most of the time you're gonna be playing the bigger thing. You could you could do it. I don't know if it's amazing, but you just don't see Showtel a lot in our format. It is a cool card though, so I'm I'm glad that they uh, reprinted it. All right, the next one is our first Council's Dilemma card. It's Expropriate. It's seven blue blue for a sorcery. Starting with you, each player votes for time or money. For each uh, time vote, take an extra turn after this one. For each money vote, choose a permanent owned by the voter and gain control of it. So four people in the game. Jimmy plays this. He votes time for an extra turn. I say money. Maria and Megan both say time. He gets three turns and one of my permanents. Pretty good, and I choose it. Um, yeah. What's that? What's the card that steals one from everybody? Um, oh, yes. Uh, Blatant Thievery. Yes. So this is similar to Blatant Thievery, except you can sometimes just get extra turns. Uh, I think this is overall very powerful. It's definitely a card, though, that has a little bit of risk because everyone could just say uh, money, and you know people don't have awesome things. But at the same time, you could probably steal something it's, sweet. It's nine mana, yeah. so they're going to have something. And if they don't have something, then you're winning right now, right? Yeah, and you get an extra turn. It's Or seems... if they have something that they don't want to give you, you know. Yeah, it seems really good. Well, and you're going to get an extra turn because you're going to choose extra turn because you can't steal a permanent from yourself. So True, your, that's a good point. Your vote is always going to be... So whatever you take, extra turn happens, now I get to use it. Uh, I don't know. This card seems bonkers. Yeah, I, it straight up won me a conspiracy draft when I played it. I tried to get the card that uh, lets you vote called Illusion of Choice. We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, I played it at the that. same time. We, we made you mill it somehow or something at some point. No, I just didn't have enough mana because I. everyone was like, I'm going to counter that. I'm like, All right, I have to hold up counter spell and a nine mana spell. Wait till I get to 14 mana. Woohoo. <laughs> Yippee. All right. Um, the next card is Stunt Double. I love clones. Three and a blue for a zero zero creature shapeshifter with flash. And you may have stunt double enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield. Cool. So it's a flash clone. Yeah, for four mana. Yep. Um, yeah, sounds good. I like it. Clone, uh, clones are very good. Jason Alt loves them because they are very 75%. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because um, they can't be more powerful than your opponent's deck because you're copying something out of their deck. Unless it's trying to copy something in your deck. The next card I literally have drafted in every single conspiracy draft I've done except one. And it's I've done it four times. So absurd. I've got, <laughs> I, got a, uh, I got a foil one once too. It's Desertion. Three blue blue for an instant. Counter target spell. If an artifact or creature spell is countered this way, put that card onto the battlefield under your control instead of under its owner's control. Or sorry, instead of into its owner's graveyard. So it was countered, yeah. Yep. So uh, this is a reprint. We all know it's awesome. You should play it. It's similar to Clone in that it's 75% because you can't steal anything that your opponent's not playing. Yeah, uh, but it's also just a blowout sometimes. Someone's like, all right, here comes this, and you're like, desertion. Mine. Yeah, it's the best. Um, and if not, it's just a five-mana regular counter, but you get an artifact or a creature, so it's kind of cool. You can you can pick up something really nice off of this. Even desertioning for, like, a Gilded Lotus is worth it, I think. I mean, right around turn 10 or so, just holding up desertion, You, I mean, that's the turn when people are going to play their, like, biggest busted thing, so you know yeah. you're going to get something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, next up is a reprint that we've been asking for for a while, uh, not commander necessarily but it's serum visions with the original art it is one blue for a just blue for a sorcery that says dry card scry two so you look at the top two cards of your library put the any number of them on the bottom of your library then the rest on top in any order so uh it's a very efficient spell any blue spell that costs one blue usually is pretty good uh used to cost a lot doesn't cost as much anymore so hooray yep it's the brainstorm in modern yep 
the next one, oh, you, you can go ahead and do this. Yeah, one. Illusion of Choice. Blue for a one, uh, it's a one mana for a, again, an instant this time instead of sorcery. You choose how each player votes this turn and draw a card. Storm count one. So people <laughs> in Legacy are uh, maybe excited about this because it's a one mana spell that cycles for itself that gets mm-hmm. another one and replaces it. Um, yeah, if you're playing a lot of vote cards, this obviously can be a blowout with expropriate, but otherwise, uh, I don't expect to see this play too much. Unless yeah. you're trying to just play a bunch of spells really quickly. Would Mizzix want it? He might. No, if you play expropriate, so. I bet you would play. Just it's an one. instant, so that's good. Like some stuff like Serum Visions isn't. Yeah. Serum Visions isn't, right? No, it's a sorcery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the next one is another much wanted reprint for modern. It's Inquisition of Kozilek. It's sort of like Thoughtseize. One black mana for a sorcery. Target player reveals his or her hand. You choose a non land card from it with converted mana cost three or less. That player discards that card. So. It can be better than Thoughtseize because you don't take any damage. It can mm-hmm. be worse because you it's a little bit um, restricted in the cards you can take out of their hand. It's not really useful in EDH, but it's got some value. Yeah. I got and, a foil one. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. With the new art I think it was like 40 bucks or something. Oh. Look at you. I'll foil take it. Desertion, I'll take it. Foil Inquisition. <laughs> just foiling stuff out. Uh, the foil desertion was not mine. That was somebody else's. Oh, yeah. Because you, you know how. Whenever. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, next up is a black sorcery called Capital Punishment. Four black, black for a sorcery. It's a council's dilemma card. Starting with you, each player votes for death or taxes. Each opponent sacrifices a creature for each death vote and discards a card for each taxes vote. This card I'm not as sure about. It's sort of supposed to be like expropriate, but it's a little bit worse because there's more times I feel like when your opponents won't mind mm-hmm. like there's going to be a lot of times where, ah, oh, it's a token deck. They don't mind so much if they sacrifice creatures or, oh, yeah. they've drawn a lot of cards and discarding three isn't going to be that bad. Yeah, I think the if you can play this on, like, turn four or five, then awesome. Otherwise, it gets really a lot worse as the game goes on, unless it's, like, this person just had, he has hexproof creatures, and you have to yeah. make them sack it in order to get rid of the creatures. But you also have, like, cards like Fleshbag Marauder that are much cheaper. So uh, it, it's a good card, but it's not great. The next one we've talked about a lot. We'll just talk about it really quickly, just so you know it's in the set. It's Phyrexian Arena, one black, black enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may draw a card and you lose one life. Just you, card draw and black. Not a may, though. You oh. gotta do it. Oh, you draw a card, yeah, and take one life. So, you know, if you're at one, sorry, you're dead. <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, very good card. Play it in most of your black decks. Yeah. Uh, next up, Diabolic Tutor. Uh, I love this art. It's Liliana whispering into Chandra's ear. Two black black for a sorcery. Search your library for a card. Put that card into your hand, then shuffle your library. So it's demonic tutor times two in terms of mana cost. What? Hmm? (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, uh, it's a card that I think is the 70% version of demonic tutor. Um, You should just play it in general if you need to find stuff. So I guess so. I would rather just play demonic. Yeah, of course. The next one is subterranean tremors. Oh, we're in red now. Yeah. It's a sorcery for red and X. This one's interesting. Subterranean Tremors deals X damage to each creature without flying. If X is four or more, destroy all artifacts. If X is eight or more, create an 8-8 red lizard creature token. So it's kind of like a Vandal Blast and a Earthquake. Not an Earthquake because it doesn't deal damage to players, but right. and a 8-8 all in one. I mean, yeah, it you're destroys cast your it for, artifacts, notably. Yeah, that's but true. It's not Vandal Blast. That's a good point. Shatterstorm. Even like five mana deal X damage to each creature without flying and then destroy all artifacts. All artifacts. That's pretty good. 
I would play that. And if you get an 88 out of it, sweet. It, that 88 may not last forever, but it's definitely better than it's not. Just gravy if you yeah. just happen to have enough mana to do it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it might kill everything on the board, which is kind of cool. Uh, I think this is a really good board wipe for red, though. Um, and you can definitely play into it by holding back your artifacts until turn six or whatever, you know. Or maybe you're into ready and you don't care that much because you just bring them back. Yeah, there you go. Gutter Snipe, another fun reprint. Uh, this card is just fun utility for any spell-based deck. Uh, this almost was in my Mizzix deck. It is in mine. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's. I think I've only got three creatures, and it's one of them. Two and a red for a creature goblin shaman, 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, Gutter Snipe deals two damage to each opponent. So this adds up very quickly, obviously. Um, it's kind of like Perforos, but not as easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next card on the list... Oh, we're going to green. Yeah. It's Berserk. This card is awesome. This is the first reprint since, like, forever, right? Yeah, I think this was in a From the Vault Exiled. Yeah, and then it was in uh, Unlimited was the last time it was printed in paper. Okay, so Unlimited. That's a long time ago. Um, it's one green for an instant. Cast Berserk only before the combat damage step. You don't, you don't read that a lot. No. Target creature gains trample and plus X plus zero until end of turn where X is its power. At the beginning of the next end step, destroy that creature if it attacked this turn. So... It doubles its power, gives it trample. It's very good with, like, Infect. Yeah, very good. It's, it's also underrated to use on your opponent's creature to both kill it and hit your other opponent for a lot of damage when they're not attacking you. Yeah, it's green instant speed removal in a weird way. So they declare their attackers. It's already going at someone, maybe not you, and you're like, sweet, I don't want that creature coming at anyone after this. So then you cast Berserk on it. It does a ton of extra damage. And then dies. And then dies, yeah. Yeah, this is a good card, um, especially if you're playing Infect or something. We don't see a lot of combat tricks in EDH, and in general, if you're not playing something like Infect, I don't know if I would, but maybe Voltron. Yeah, I think you definitely play it in Voltron. I played it in my Rafik deck because, you know, hey, it, when it serves as the extra removal spell, then yeah, that's great. The, the fact that you have flexibility like that is pretty awesome. Uh, next card is Salvala Stampede. Four green green for a sorcery. This is our green version of the Council's Dilemma. Starting with you, each player votes for wild or free. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card for each wild vote. Put those creature cards onto the battlefield, then shuffle the rest into your library. You may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield for each free vote. So you're basically getting a bunch of free stuff, no matter what. Even one free thing could be insane, and you're getting something yeah. for every person at the table. It's just whether it's off the top of your deck or from your hand. And this, you know what's in your hand, too, so you can just vote you for... Just, uh, free from your hand or whatever you know or wild you can always want. make sure you get one out of your hand yeah yeah i think in general but if you have scroll rack or something like let's say you have scroll rack oh gosh. and you scroll rack right before your turn and then you untap and you cast this what do i vote for it doesn't matter it, yeah it's horrible yeah you, you're gonna get the creature you want no matter what that's a great combo with, with scroll rack yeah even top it's pretty good um yeah this card Cheating of mana cost, say it all the time. Broken, broken. Yeah, you can get up to four things again out yeah. of your library. It's it, the value is very good. I think it. I think that's like an auto put into a lot of gr uh, creature based green decks. Uh, the next card is Birds of Paradise. It's one of the most iconic, probably the single most iconic um, mana dorks. Yeah. Yeah. Bolt the bird. The funny story about Birds of Paradise: the original art was actually supposed to be the art for Volcanic Island, and it featured the bird to too heavily so they asked the artist to draw an or, or somebody to draw a new volcanic island but they had already paid for the art so richard garfield was like well i don't want to waste this art let's design a card what could it be and birds of paradise was the card it is one green mana for a zero one flyer you can tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool 
Pretty cool. Uh, this card for having been printed so many times still, is has still, value. still has a lot of value, which means it's a very good card. So it's great that you can now hopefully get a cheaper version of this card. If you didn't have one, in fact, I'm playing a gold-bordered one in one of my decks for some random reason because I just didn't have another one. I would actually prefer a gold-bordered one. That's way cooler. <laughs> I'm serious. I like the new art, though. Okay, I'll trade you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have Wild Pair. This is a reprint as well from Planar Chaos. It's four green, green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, if you cast it from your hand, you may search your library for a creature card with the same total power and toughness and put it onto the battlefield if you do shuffle your library. So it just pairs up a creature. If your creature's a 3-5, you can get something else that adds up to 8 with its power and toughness. If it's a 1-1, one, one, you get something that adds up to 2. It's very good. Um, this card seems like insanity. Yeah. You because want... you're always going to be able to find something. I mean, as long as it's 3-3. Three, three... If this is in your deck, you should build your deck so you can find stuff. I don't think you really would even have to. I almost just want to put it into my rune deck. Just see what happens? Because most, you know, if it's four or five, that's going to get most of the cards in the deck. Like, yeah. every once in a while, I'll be like, well, I wish I could get this for free, but oh, well, I'll just take this other thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, I think most cards would add up to, like, Like, four, I play an Acidic Slime, and I get Glenelendra, too. Oh, gosh. Like, that's how that works, right? Yeah. Uh, that seems very good. Yeah. You know what? How about you don't do that, Josh? Because... <laughs> um, yeah, she's Boy, a 2-2. Do I and hate the a 2-2. She is so good. She's the best. Uh, the next card is... I Sorry, I skipped one earlier. I'm going to go back. Two oh, yeah. is Burgeoning, which was our preview card. How could you skip Burgeoning? I know, that's my bad. Burgeoning, our preview card. It's one green mana for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent plays a land, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Uh, we talked about it a lot in our preview card episode. We won't go into much detail here. Very good with a lot of card draw. Yeah, very good. Uh, our final green card we're going to talk about is another reprint. It is Beast Within, a very good card for mono green decks. An instant destroy target permanent. Its controller creates a 3-3 green beast creature token. So this was in New Phyrexia originally, and then Plane Shift, and I believe uh, maybe in the Commander product or a dual deck. Anyway, Beast Within is very good. It destroys a permanent. It could be a land. The opponent gets a 3-3, but hey, you, you blew up something that you may not have been able to in green otherwise. Yeah, it's instant speed, reach out and kill something. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, that, yeah, and it's super versatile because it's target permanent. Even a land, it's just boom. And so artifacts, enchantment, planeswalker. Yeah, for three mana, it's pretty good. The next one is Sanctum Prelate. Prelate? Prelate? I've heard Prelate. Sanctum Prelate. <laughs> one white white for i just said it as if i hadn't screwed it up six times before that <laughs> one white white for a two two human cleric as sanctum prelate enters the battlefield choose a number non-creature spells with the converted mana cost equal to the chosen number can't be cast cool. this is a hate bear yeah this is a fun card uh for again people are playing it in legacy and stuff um i don't know how much play it will see in commander but and that's fine by me Honestly. I think it will see some play. It seems really good. I would cast Gaddock Teague. I'm just trying and then to tell people not to play. I'd this be card. like Gaddock Teague, Sanctum Prelate, saying two or three. Yeah, you just lock out a huge part of the game. I um, mean, you can only cast non-creature spells with Convert Vast one or two now. If I've got Teague out, yeah, that yeah, seems busted. Yeah, so this card is going to cost a little more as a result because of. Uh, Possible legacy plans. Yeah, such, yeah. So I'm sorry, but don't play it. Why would you do such a mean thing? It doesn't. It's not so great that you have to pay a bunch of money for it, but it is good. Play Blood Moon instead. All right, next up, Hallowed <laughs> Burial. Three white, white for a sorcery, a reprint as well. Put all creatures on the bottom of their owner's library. This card's very powerful. Yeah, it was way better before the uh, tuck change, but it's still awesome. Uh, yeah, it's still awesome. It's it's awesome because it gets around a lot of the Marin Corridor 
Marchessa, the oh, type yeah. of decks that are just using their their graveyard over and over again. And you're like, you know what? Let's just put those on the library now so that you can't just get them back whenever you want. At least you got to take one more step and go find them again. Yeah, very similar to Terminus, which does the same thing. Yep, Terminus um, only costs one white when you miracle it. When you miracle it, yeah. Uh, re- everyone's buzzing about this card. I think it's really good. Recruiter of the Guard. It's pretty good. Two and a white. When rec- oh, sorry, for a 1-1 human soldier, that doesn't matter. When Recruiter of the Guard enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card with toughness, two or less, reveal it, and put it into your hand and shelf your library. So it's got a tutor for a toughness, two or less, on an ETB. Wow, Flicker decks are going to love that thing. Yeah, uh, it's reminiscent of Imperial Recruiter, which is the red version, which looks for a creature card with power two or less instead of toughness. Uh, but yeah, this card's absurd. And Imperial Recruiter is only like, what, $100 or something? No, more. <laughs> it's yeah, like it's, double that. It's crazy. So Recruiter of the Guard is the ability in white for toughness. Um, obviously a very powerful card. It's at rare as well, so hopefully it won't be too expensive to get because I would love to have some of these cards. It's super valuable. I really like it. The amount of value you're getting from it, pretty good. All right, next up, Custody Soul Caller. One white, white for a 1-2 human cleric with melee. Whenever Custody Soul Caller attacks, return target creature card with converted mana cost X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, where X is the number of players you attacked with a creature this combat. So if you're only swinging at one person, you can get a one CMC creature back to the battlefield every single time. This is obviously very good in Alesha. Um, it requires you to be attacking, which Alesha wants to do. Uh, and if you have a lot of cool one drops you want to get back, then great. Custody Soul Caller can also just sort of keep swinging and getting a, oh, you know sarah ascendant back yeah exactly or there's <laughs> there's probably some creatures we're not thinking of that just recurring them over and over is going to be really good for you yeah so pretty good card uh it's going to be again a very interesting position to try and play this in the deck to utilize the most of it because i think for the most part the deck really wants to be doing attacking and also recurring stuff from the graveyard and thus alesha so Elle and i cracked one box of conspiracy and we got five of these next cards i'm super happy about oh, because it's like your favorite card yeah exactly and i was like man this is awesome because i can put this in more decks now it's ghostly prison two and a white for an enchantment creatures can't attack you unless the controller plays two for each creature he or she controls that's attacking you it's propaganda for white yeah it's, it's that uncommon it's awesome yeah it's, you, st- it, you those prices going up too so yeah no the price it was yeah i was getting up there and now it's just, like, tanked, which is great, because you can just literally put one in every deck. Yeah, love that card. Uh, next up, we have our first gold-colored card, and our only one that's not a Planeswalker, I believe. It is Dragon Lair Spider, two red, red, green, green, CMC six for a 5-6 spider with reach. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, create a 1-1 one, one green insect creature token. So this thing just pumps out little insects it's, all over the place. It's super, super good. What ends up happening is if it doesn't get killed right away, you get, like, nine or ten things. Yeah, it's pretty nutty. Yeah, it's pretty a good nutty. card. It's expensive, um, CMC-wise, though. Yeah, certainly. The next card, Horn of Greed. Three mana for an artifact. Whenever a player plays a land, that player draws a card. So, I don't know. We've talked about this a million times. Your Titanias and Gitrogs and whatnot really want this. Even your Nekusars and things like that. Yeah. This next one is very interesting. Um, I believe this card will come up in more conversations than any other card in the set in the future. This creates some things that we haven't had the ability to have happen in EDH before, too. Yeah. Spy Kit, a two-drop artifact equipment that says equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and has all names of non-legendary creature cards in addition to its name. Equip cost is two. So there are a lot of cards in Magic's history that are like, search your library for the card with the same name as this card and get it. And in EDH, it's like, well, you can't do that because you only play one of each card. However, if that card on the battlefield is equipped with Spy Kit, it is the name of every single non-legendary card, creature card in your library at that moment forever and ever until it goes unequipped. 
it's pretty crazy. I haven't been able to think of all the, the uses for it, but I'm sure there's a lot because, like yeah. you said, it just opens the door to a bunch of cards that we just would have never, you know, you just have to dismiss out of hand before. And now you kind of kind of give them a second look and be like, well, would this be playable actually? Could I reliably get Spy Kit to break some of these cards? And I think, you know, there's a lot of things that not only tutors, but tutor for equipment, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And, and White has like artifact tutors. So there, there's a really good chance that you can kind of create like a spike kit type deck and break some of those other cards that we never used before yeah i think i was reading about some kind of wonky combo where you got to play spike kit and then use it to strip an opponent's deck of every single creature card in there by like giving them the card with spike kit some like random things that happen but like there are some weird crazy interactions that you can do with spike kit some like weird combo kills so johnny players you're gonna like this hit us up yeah i definitely think this is the highest impact card of the entire set though as far as new cards? Yeah. Yeah, I could get behind that. Leovold. Uh, yeah, uh, he doesn't uh, exist. <laughs> the next one is Platinum Angel. Seven mana for an artifact. Creature Angel, 4-4 four, four with flying. You can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. That's pretty intense. They can still deal damage to you. What usually happens is they bring you down to one or zero, <laughs> and then they bounce it or something. But it's still a very good card to buy you a couple of turns, especially if you have something like, I don't know, Avacyn, original Avacyn out or something yeah. that makes it very hard to get rid of. Counter a spell. Yeah. Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, all right, now on to the lands. Yeah, we have uh, Throne of the High City. So you can tap this to add a colorless tier mana pool, or you can tap four generic mana and the throne to sacrifice Throne of the High City. You become the monarch. So if you have a flexible mana base and you want to include the monarch mechanic in your uh, in your deck without taking another card out of there, Throne of the High City is your man. Yeah, mono white. Mono red, red white, those aren't going to be taxing to your mana base. You're yeah. going to be able to have utility lands like this. And yeah, it can get you going on that road to monarchy. So, you know, get the monarch in place so you can start taking it every turn or just holding on to it. Yeah, uh, I like it. I think it's kind of cool that that land exists just for like, hey, anyone can have monarch now. Yeah. No, any color. It doesn't matter. The next land is Exotic Orchard. It is obviously a land. You can tap it to add ma- add to your mana pool one mana of any color that a land an opponent controls could produce. So Sweet. if Jimmy's if I'm playing against only Jimmy and he's playing blue red, I can tap Exotic Orchard for blue or red as long as he's not mana screwed and has both those colors available to him. I can also just have a single dual land that can tap for both and Exotic Orchard reads both and it's like sweet. Or you could have mana confluence and then yeah. I can tap it for any color. Yeah, Exotic Orchard's just a great Yep. land uh to have multiplayer players want this kind of card it was pricey for not a good reason now it's going to be less so that everyone has access to it this is often a tap for five colors in in multiplayer um commander and it comes in untapped so it's often sort of a second command tower yeah very very powerful not to mention a deck like send triplets you're, yep. gonna, you're gonna always want a card like this oh yeah oh yeah good point we're done with that piece of paper sweet i forgot to throw the other one here i'll let you do it feels good man Feels good, man. All right, so that wraps up our Conspiracy 2 set review. A little shorter because there are a lot of reprints. We've obviously talked about a bunch of these cards in the past a lot already. Um, All right, so our question is, what cards are you most excited about from Conspiracy 2 and for which of your decks? Yeah. Also, have you used Monarch or Goad to great effect? We want to hear some cool stories. I really want to know if you goaded the creature with Annihilator. 
just <laughs> well, that would blow be up so the world. Good. Somebody plays an Eldrazi and they're like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, goad it. And you're like, does it have hexproof? They're like, no, but it's indestructible. And you're like, all right, goad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a flicker jeering homunculus deck. You should put jeering homunculus in your uh, uh, rune deck. Yeah. Just see what kind of craziness yeah. you can just create. Just for fun? You know? Yeah, just yeah. for fun. I'll take out Glenelendra, put in jeering homunculus. Yeah. What do you think? No, yeah. I'm on to you. I know what you're trying to do. I didn't say Glenelendra take out. You can take out something else. <laughs> so, like, one thing we didn't say about goad, actually, to rewind a little bit is that once you're down to one-on-one it's not good anymore because no. <laughs> they it says you have to attack a, a player besides you if able if able if yeah. there's no other person to attack they can attack you yeah uh, monarch actually gets better when it gets down to one-on-one because you just draw more cards more often true good point yeah all right uh last but not least let's shout out card kingdom before we uh go to the end step so card kingdom has a new website uh, they updated it recently. Check it out. It's a much cleaner design. It's really cool. It shows all the ongoing contests and giveaways that are happening at any given moment. So make sure you guys check that out. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Yeah, when you go there, you're going to see on the very top of the page, there is the contest to win one of each invention. If you pre-order a box of Kaladesh, then you have a chance to win, and I think you probably want to win that. Yeah, and they have pre-orders on all of the Kaladesh cards currently. So if you guys are looking to add a couple to your decks very exciting for one uh regal behemoth it's a card that gives you monarch and then doubles your mana i think that's from conspiracy but that hey, is. i was like wait you know but, what but you still Actually, might want it you know what now is a great time to pick up conspiracy singles because the set's being opened there are a lot more cards on the market and the prices are going down a little bit so check that out conspiracy two singles they're probably never going to be as low as they are now yeah yeah um all right time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic is it my turn i think so i'm gonna jump back in and start playing destiny again I see Freddy's playing it over there. Yeah. And it looks cool. I've never played it. But the last thing I need in my life is an MMO. Uh, well, yeah, that's the thing is that I, it's a, it's a wonderful kind of time sink that isn't a huge time investment. So that's why draft leagues are great, right? Because oh, they're the best. I've been doing like one draft in an hour and a half and being like, sweet, I'm, I finished the draft. I could start another one right now. Or like, I just drafted. Oh, I got to go, but I'm just going to get the draft portion in and get one game in later. You know, like it's awesome. And Destiny sort of has that same thing where you can get into your sort of daily quest, finish everything you need to do with an hour. Uh, I played the original before the expansion came out. So I'm excited. I enjoy the, uh, I enjoy the universe that Bungie has created. It is nothing like EverQuest. Josh's original, uh, fling, I guess. I can't go back there. I can't go back to that life. It's nothing like World of Warcraft. So don't worry, Josh. It's a shooter. Uh, you can stick with Overwatch. Uh, I'm all still be playing that as well, but destiny it's it's so I can play with Freddie and Matt, my friends as well. Oh man, I haven't played Overwatch in forever. (laughs) I have started playing league again though. I know. Yeah. If you jump on again, let me know. I'd love to join you guys. Cool. Um, all right. Make sure to check out our sister podcast, the masters of modern Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about modern and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MM cast. And our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. You can see our full set reviews online with card images and our beautiful faces. Maybe not beautiful. Our faces talking about sweet cards. <laughs> so, guys, make sure you check that out. You can go to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast for all of our videos. It's a great way to di- digest the content. Someone recently was like, oh, wait. Yeah, this is way better watching the set review on video. I'm like, yeah. And then listen to it on the podcast. And then go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Uh, <laughs> we should say if uh, you're on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button. It definitely yeah. does help us out. 
Yeah, and let other people know also by adding it to your favorites list, the like list, uh, all that stuff. It really does help out Thumbs the up. channel. We're almost at 20,000 subscribers, I think. Heck yeah. That's really, really awesome. Uh, and of course, Jeffrey Palmer, many thanks for doing the Living Card animations at Living Cards MTG. We've got some cool stuff, maybe playing with Jeffrey coming up, uh, but we're working on those details and we have some big announcements, but we'll, you'll, you'll hear them soon. Our lips are, are sealed. They're secret. Our lips are sealed just for like... Now the packs I'm going to be opening this weekend at the Kaladesh pre-release. <laughs> I like that. That's a good uh, metaphor. That's not the right word. Hope you guys had a good Kaladesh pre-release. Mine was great, I hope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you hope you pulled? Chandra? I mean, yeah. Okay, fine. Rush me. The only thing I really want to pull is Panharmonicon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Panharmonicon, just so I can just slap it into a deck and I know that it care, works, right? But you're, you kind of want to get a Cloud Blazer or something with it, but I don't even care. I just am going to play it. If I if I pull oh it, I'm just playing gosh. it. Yeah, I'm so excited like, about it. Every Fabricate card yeah. is going to get better. I'll play uh, five color, all enter the battlefield. Thanks. Only, I'm pretty only, sure that worked out well. <laughs> only in Sealed, I think that's going to work <laughs> out for you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>